Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Good afternoon. Jacob Trowbridge, how are you doing today? Uh, I am doing especial, muy especial, oh, nice. uh, which means I feel very special for our non-Spanish speaking listeners out there. Uh, I feel special. We're recording on a, a Sunday afternoon. Yep, recording uh, early this week. What we would call a beautiful Sunday afternoon in Wisconsin. Which is uh, higher than 15 degrees. Yeah, it's about 30. And there's sun it's sunny. outside. Yes. Which we so. haven't seen much sun lately, so no. you, you got to feel good. And... <laughs> it gives me the, the tinglies all over. How are you doing, Dustin? I am better. Uh, I'm on the mend. Uh, got sick shortly after we recorded our episode last week. Yeah. But through no fault of mine, no, by the way. I want to no. put that out there. Nor through any fault of our quarterbacks that we talked about. No. I don't think. I don't I think. I don't know. Did we talk about Mr. Mono? Maybe I got the kissing disease from him. Oh, my God. Just by talking about him. Maybe it was an osmosis-type situation. I don't even think we brought him up, and I think maybe that's what did it. That was his, like, vengeance. Yeah, Yeah. could be. I'll teach you not to talk about me. But doing much better, ready to drink, ready to talk some football. You are ready to live up to both sides of our podcast. Absolutely. Which is the least that I should expect, but also in your current situation, probably the most I should expect. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. kudos to you, sir. Thank you. Uh, What are we talking about today? So we are continuing our series uh, recapping positions. This week we're talking about the running backs. Similar to what we did last week, kind of briefly go through the uh, top 12, you know, highlight some statistics, and then maybe talk about some other players and what we think moving forward for next season, how they're going to do. The the names that we really want to focus on, the ones that maybe have some difference of opinion or just overall question marks mm-hmm. about where they are. Um, but obviously, we're going to hit you with those highlights at the top. Of course. Because that's what we like to do here. Mm-hmm. And also what we like to do here is the Dranken. So we mm-hmm. are getting into that. Uh, we have another contribution from our friend Michael at Dynasty Rewind. Thank you, sir. Who sent us a Mui Ordinary Bitter Ale. See, that's how I worked in the, the Mui oh. in the Espanol off the top. Um, this is from uh, a Bon Place Brewing. Another PA uh, import here, if you want to call it that. Uh, the... Cover art or the can art is wild. That is I love very it. nice. It's uh, it looks like a cat in the wooded area, or maybe a, a wolf. Is it a wolf? I would say it's a cat. It's a cat. Okay. Yes, um, but it looks pretty trippy. Looks like some straight up seventy mm-hmm. shit. I like it. Yeah, um, it's a nice golden beer. Yeah, I don't know how your taste buds are going to respond with being down with the sickness and all, but. Hopefully you can you can still appreciate its bounty. Um, there's definitely the hot bitterness, mm-hmm. hence the style. It's an ordinary bitter. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's not a bad beer. Um, I haven't had many uh, ordinary bitters, I will admit. So I was going to say, I haven't had many bitter ales at all, really. But this is... This is okay. This is pleasing. I think it's more pleasing than I thought it was going to be, because I hear bitter right up front, and I don't like it. No, me either. Uh, trying to find the ABV on this bad boy and do not see it on the can at it's all. It's hidden in the groovy artwork somewhere. They make you really work for it. It's like a Where's Waldo yep. type thing. Yep, sure. 
My ge- can I take a, a stab at what this is? Because this is so pleasant and mellow. I'm going to guess it's like 5.2. That's yeah, what I'm going to say. I'm going to guess it might even be in the fours, like the high fours maybe. Uh, it's not on here. I don't know. Sorry, folks. I could just look this up on the Google machine that we have here. We I could. could. I could pop a goog. Right? Yeah. I'm going to pop a goog. It is, look at you, 4.8%. God. Well done. This English bitter is, uh, yeah, they call it English bitter. Is that different than an ordinary bitter? Are they one in the They're same? They're one in the same. Okay. English is ordinary? Yeah. Feels rude, but all right. Uh, so that's one of our beers today. We should uh, tell you right up front that we have a couple in store because, A, yeah. it's Sunday. And B, we we want to taste some of these delightful beers that Michael sent. So we're really jamming them in here. Yeah, that's right. Also jamming in our drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 of the week. Mm-mm-mm. So another one from Reddit. Reddit user stole the T24. Is that a Terminator reference? Stole. Or? Ooh. I don't know. I really don't know. Well, that's a pretty low-grade Terminator. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't wasn't the original one like a T-100? I don't know. So this is like prehistoric Terminator shit. Could be. I don't I don't know what would reference. It could just be a name. It could Stolfit. be. Stolfit. Stolfit. Yeah. 24. Sure. Could be. <laughs> I like stole the T-24. <laughs> it just right. sounds better. Let's go with that. All right. Anyway, traded digs at week four or five for Damien Williams, but then... Turned Damian Williams and Burita in a trade for Cooper Cup and David Montgomery. So he says oh. basically a digs for cup swap. Interesting. Yes. Okay. So, so let's re- let's break it down the first half of the trade. Perfect. Traded digs for Damian Williams. Round week four or five. That is when I was all about selling digs because it just looked like he hit that. Uh, that's uh, about the time I traded him. And it wasn't great. Yeah. Because his production spiked. Yeah. Huge. Now, it didn't sustain throughout the entire no. season, though. No. But you did definitely miss out on mm-hmm. some big games from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damian Williams, I mean. He had a rough season. I make my thoughts on him abundantly clear, mm-hmm. which is I, I don't like him. I didn't like him this year. He obviously came on late. Yes. But by that time, he had sold him and Matt Breida, mm-hmm. which, whatever, um, for Cup and Montgomery. I really like how it turned out. Mm-hmm. So basically, he took Diggs, Damian Williams, and Breida mm-hmm. and got Cup and Montgomery. Yep. That's, that's, yeah. that's the trade. That's all the pieces. I like it. Three for two. Uh, I like Cup better than Diggs. Agreed. And I really like what Montgomery, Montgomery? has the potential to be. Still, he, he yes, that there's no way they move on year. from him, you know, mm-hmm. and try and bring in some other stud right mm-hmm. away. They spent up their high draft capital, mm-hmm. which they a, were lacking in that's right. draft capital. They their top pick was him. Mm-hmm. Granted, it was in the third round, but again, that was their highest pick. Um, so I think in this offense. Look, I'm not rooting for the Bears to do well, but I don't see a world where he does worse than he did this year. Right. It can only go up. Yep. And I do like Cup a lot, Mm -hmm. in fact. I know that he was really streaky, and he came on hard at the beginning Mm -hmm. of last season and then tapered off because that whole offense did. Yes, the whole offense kind of changed there midway through the season. 
I like it. I just don't like Diggs all that much. I'll be honest. We'll talk about him uh, in the next next episode, Mm -hmm. but I just don't like Diggs. I think we've seen his absolute max ceiling at this point, in my opinion. With where he's at, Mm -hmm. as, as far as on the Vikings. Sure. And I don't know that he'll be a cap casualty this mm-hmm. year. I think he is the guy that they'll keep, in my opinion. Right. Because they're still pretty young mm-hmm. in all that team. So mm-hmm. I can see Thielen maybe being a guy who gets moved, but not Diggs. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that more next week. In terms of a drunk trade, though, uh, I've rated mm-hmm. pretty low. Yeah. Again, maybe this is a couple of Zimas mm-hmm. on our very scientific scale of how drunk they probably were making this trade. Or... If the first part was trading Diggs for Williams, yeah. and that was your drunk trade, Ooh. but then remedied it later. You sobered up. Yes. And then, fixed then bravo. Absolutely. That's a good point. That's a really good point. We should advocate that more for our listeners. I think. Mm-hmm. If you fucked up with the drunk trade, there's always room to make it better. That's after right. After the fact. That's right. There's always time. Okay. All right. Let's talk running backs. On to the heart of the episode here. So we'll run through the top 12 fairly quickly because we all know what the top 12 did. Um, Maybe just ask a few questions here regarding the top 12. Mainly, we know there's turnover every year in the top 12 running backs. So basically, who do we see dropping out of the top 12 and then who entering the top 12 to replace them? That's right. One man enter, one man leave. I guess is how that works. It's like the octagon. Kind of. It's similar. It's similar in nature. Um, And we can start at the tippity top, Mm -hmm. of course, with the man, the myth, the legend, CMC, Christian McCaffrey. What a fucking dynamo. That was quite the season he had. Averaged 29.9 fantasy points a game. Almost 30 points a game. That's absurd. From a non-quarterback. That, sir, is absurd. It should almost be unlawful to do what he did. Um, and it's it's not as if we didn't see hints of that coming last year, but I don't think anybody anticipated that. Absolutely not. He scored 24 points per game last season. Very respectable. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing right there. Absolutely. Uh, but this uptick, uh, that's huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Do we... Do we see that happening as a repeat performance? I don't, personally. No, I, you can't imagine that he's going to average almost 30 points a game again mm-hmm. <laughs> this year. Especially with the change in regime, you would assume... I mean, I, I suppose you can't assume anything right now, but if Cam's mm-hmm. back and he's healthy, sure, that changes things. I mean, they kind of run in with the second and third string quarterbacks for most of the season. Limits what you can do. But he is, I don't think you can argue that he's the number one oh, for sure. running back. In in redraft, in dynasty, right. in everything, he's pretty close to the number one overall player mm-hmm. in all formats, unless maybe super flex, right. you know, where you're valuing those quarterbacks more. But yeah, just mm-hmm. wild, wild shit there mm-hmm. with, uh, with Mr. McCaffrey. Yep. Uh, number two, we had Aaron Jones. Oh, uh, just a phenomenal yep. season. Really, though, it was the touchdowns. He had so many touchdowns this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's going to be regression. No doubt about it. I don't see him repeating that, that feat again this year, especially if the Packers do 
invest in the wide receiver position mm-hmm. in the offseason here. They'll give another target for Rodgers to go through. Yes. The, I think they had to lean on the run game a little bit more than than they maybe wanted to this year, uh, just with the new offense, new offensive scheme. I see that maybe shifting a little bit. I don't foresee, you know, the five years ago, offenses of old from the Packers where right. Rodgers is going to have you know 38 touchdown passes and the running game is basically nothing right but it's going to skew i feel like a little bit more in that direction well like you just you're never seeing them split out wide prior to this year Mm -hmm. and there's a reason for that Mm -hmm. it's like yeah they really had to fill in uh as wide receivers Mm -hmm. a lot of the time now to be fair like even if his touchdowns regress which i'm sure they will i i could still see him um being in that borderline top Ten conversation, um, just because I do think like we've seen from Lafleur that he's not using Jamal Williams quite in that frustrating level. No, uh, but as Williams did, did have he did play a lot. I mean, he was injured sure. for a chunk of the season. That is true. He missed some time, but he was getting some good play. Not that it affected Jones at all. No, but no. well, he's that? not going to be getting that ninety percent work like no. Christian McCaffrey, right? By far, that will. That will not happen. Right. Nor do I think he gets the similar work as our number three guy, mm-hmm. uh, who is Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. And this guy, uh, I mean, holy shit. When healthy, we've finally gotten to see what he looks like. Mm-hmm. For a full season, Almost. looking good. Basically a full season. Uh, the last few games there, he had the shoulder issue again. Multiple shoulder issues. I mean, it was... It was disappointing to see because he was having yes. a phenomenal season and he was looking just beastly, just beastly. He was throwing dudes to the ground like mm-hmm. a like a madman, and I did like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will admit, I did like it and, until they were playing the Packers. Uh, but this is the most games that he's played in a season by far, 14 games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he did miss a couple. Obviously, there is concern with him still with repeat injuries mm-hmm. for next year. So that makes it dicey. It does. But assuming he stays healthy, which we always assume health, sure. he will be top five consideration next season. Agreed. Easy. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is no way that this guy is, though. You don't think so? Nope. So Austin Eckler comes in fourth overall. So you don't see him uh, repeating nope. this high? Nope. Top 12? I think there's RB1. I could see him still being in, uh, on the cusp of okay. being an RB1 for sure. Uh, a lot does depend on does he get moved? Does Melvin Gordon get moved? Uh, one of those two things is going to happen. I'm 90% sure Melvin Gordon's gone. I just I just feel yeah. like that relationship with the team and, and the upper level management, the owners, is just gone after the whole holdout situation. Yes. Now, Eckler, he's a restricted free agent, so the Chargers can match any offer that's given to them i feel like he's gonna stay they're gonna have him basically for one more year on a cheap deal maybe they draft a semi-early running back to come in play for a year and then let him go in free agency after this season yeah i don't think there's a world where they lean on eckler the way that they did pre melvin gordon's return though for this year when Mm -hmm. he was getting just crazy amounts of work i don't think that they intend for him to be that that kind of lead dog uh, even though it was, was efficient he was great mm-hmm. he did a lot with what he was asked to do um 
but that's still I don't think he's like a workhorse guy. I think he showed he can be. For a very small sample though. I think he would have held up all season long. You didn't hear him getting dinged up this year or any of those little injuries. I mean, he stayed healthy all year long with the workload he received. And even after Gordon came back, he still had a fairly significant workload in, in that offense. He had a share, but he never again reached the 60%, you know, mm-hmm. 70% numbers that he had in those first games of, of offensive snaps. Mm-hmm. From then on, he got close to that on occasion, especially I feel like Gordon just started off so slow when he came oh, back because he was a rust bucket, uh, and it, it did take some time for him to get gelling. I don't know, man. I, I think it's going to be tough to sell sell Austin Eckler as that true workhorse guy for this year. I really think that they do bring in some help. Okay. Well, we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> Number five was Zeke. Mm-hmm. He was just Eddie Steady this year. Didn't miss time. Didn't do anything to wow you like we've seen in previous years. No. But Eddie Steady, I don't think he had a week outside outside of the uh, top 24 all season long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very consistent. I don't think there's much more to say there. I don't no. It'd be interesting to see what happens with the new offense coming in. Could be a shakeup. Could be. But I, I still feel like he's pretty safe as far as his workload. And I don't think you have to worry about the McCarthy regime mm-hmm. coming in and suddenly making him not the guy right. like i don't think you have to be as frustrated with him mm-hmm. as you might have with aaron jones last year right. for example like he's just built differently well he, and, and look back when uh the packers had eddie lacy mm-hmm. the the two years that eddie lacy did really well they leaned on the running game and yeah. used him very much and zeke can actually catch the ball as well right so that's another plus in his uh, column there for usage. I just think a ton of this is going to determine – it's going to be determined by what quarterback they bring in. Mm-hmm. If they stay with Dak, which would be, in my opinion, the reasonable thing to do. Yes. But that <laughs> they're not reasonable. Jerry Jones is not reasonable. So who knows? Mm-hmm. If they pay him, if they don't pay him, uh, what the wide receiver situation looks like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of fluctuation yeah, possible. a lot of question marks. But I think that, yeah, I, there's just no way he falls out of, what, top eight? I can't see that. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think this is bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, number six is Leonard Fournette. On the back of a hundred fucking targets, Leonard yeah. Fournette storming the gates. Weird. Weird. Like, just a weird season for him. Mm-hmm. A, because this is also the first year that he's been healthy <laughs> the whole this way through. He, he had a very healthy season, finally. So that's big. Um, and he didn't have anybody fighting him in that backfield. I was sheepish enough to think that Raquel Armstead would be a thing mm-hmm. that they would use in there, especially in a lot more receiving work. It really didn't. Nope. <laughs> it was his show. Even though Fournette, it's not like he crushed it with the receiving game, but he still kept getting the work. Um, I don't know. It, it It's weird. <laughs> if, if, I don't know. I don't think he'll get the 100 targets like he did this last season next year. That'll, that'll regress a bit. But at the same time, his touchdowns will regress to the mean. He was very low on the touchdown total this year. Sure. So while he may not get as many receptions, you know, and in PPR, that's obviously king. He should bounce back with the touchdowns and and, yeah, and, that, and that'll okay with the yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, and, and that'll buffer him 
to keep him in that kind of mid-range RB1 conversation. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And again, another offense that's probably going to get shaken up Mm -hmm. quite a bit. We'll see what the quarterback situation yields Mm -hmm. and all that. But yeah, he was one of... um, just three guys in the in this top 12 who got at least 100 targets and that has not ever been his forte prior to this year so i would think that regresses down to like a reasonable number maybe like a 50 to 60 range which will still be plenty usable that's great for a running back yeah but uh i don't know (laughs) number seven was derrick henry Great season. Obviously, in standard, he was much higher than that. But right. Uh, right. PPR didn't have those catches, unfortunately. Not known for that. But um, still had just an amazing season. Very consistent, week in and week out. So much more consistent than I thought he could be. Mm-hmm. He was one of those guys who would come on late in his previous years and be great for like a playoff push. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had him in your lineups for that, then you would always be happy. Because he'd bust off, like, a 90-yard run and make everything better. And you'd forget that the first half of the game he had, like, nine attempts mm-hmm. for 20 yards and two catches, you know. Um, but it wasn't – yeah, this wasn't just breaking big plays this year. No, it was very consistent. It'll be interesting to see what the Tennessee offense does this next season as a whole. I don't see a lot of wholesale changes coming. I'm, I imagine Henry's going to be back. I imagine Tannehill's going to be back. The wide receivers are pretty set. Their offensive line yeah. is solid. Mm-hmm. Young tight end. Mm-hmm. Did they catch lightning in a bottle and everything just kind of came together? Or was this a good formula for them? And will this continue into next year? I think that with him, you have to bank on it happening again next year. Because he's not a guy that I'm comfortable missing out on mm-hmm. this year like I was the previous year. Right. And obviously that that burned me bad because it's it was so consistent and you can't you can't fool with that kind of consistency. Like mm-hmm. you can fool with the big plays and you can fool if you're getting an exceptional amount of targets or something. But yeah, he got no targets. I mean, twenty four, which career high though for him. Congratulations, let's just say. sir. That's right. Congratulations. A career That's high twenty four targets um, for two hundred yards. So he still had the the breaks there but yeah there's no way that i want to miss out on him this year Mm -hmm. but unfortunately that does mean it's a first round pick situation Mm -hmm. if you want him you're gonna have to spend up for him but if i'm in the back of that first round i might be comfortable doing that possibly it depends who else is there and how the draft is shaken up at that point but yeah yeah you're definitely gonna have to pay for him this year I think he's a guy that we'll end up talking about a fair amount Mm -hmm. for this upcoming draft season here. Absolutely. Just just guessing. Yes. All right, number eight was Nick Chubb. The Chubbster. Just another, kind of like Derrick Henry, a solid season. A little bit more involved in the passing game, but not as much as you'd think. Once Kareem Hunt came back, he was a little bit more involved in the passing side of the the game as opposed to the run run side. That's right. But had to like what you saw. Uh, He especially with that offensive line they had there, how terrible it was. The fact that he got so many yards, he found the end zone, broke off big plays. I mean, you have to like everything you see from such a young running back. God, yeah. A young, durable running Mm -hmm. back who was the lone bright spot there um, basically the whole season. Mm -hmm. Really nobody else, aside from maybe Jarvis, who stepped up, I think, more than people realize. But, um, and we'll get into that uh, next week's episode. But, yeah, Chubb, and he did, 
his production fell with mm-hmm. Hunt, but it's not as if it fell to unusable territory. You were slightly disappointed with the dip, but it should have been expected because Hunt is a very talented running back. Mm-hmm. You're not going to just leave him on the, the sidelines. Mm-hmm. I think there's an opportunity for Hunt to be traded, uh, which we kind of talked about a couple episodes ago. And I, if he gets traded, his price is going to be too high for you to probably get. That's why if you're in a dynasty league right now, Chubb is one of those guys that I would target. I think the presumption might be that Hunt sticks around. And his value, though, can't really go up, I don't think. Like, his true value, mm-hmm. I don't think, can really go up. Because um, my assumption is that Hunt will be gone. It's hard to say. And, you know, maybe we'll talk about him a little bit more uh, later in the episode here. Have a little bit more in-depth <gasps> Spoiler alert. They're another team that changing head coaches, changing offensive schemes. How's that going to affect him? Were they forced to run last year because the passing offense was so putrid and and, and terrible? We don't know if that was a function of that offense or not. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see. I feel like he's fairly safe, though. Uh, He he showed what he can do. So I feel like he is in that mid-range RB1 conversation year in and year out here uh, for the next few years at least. Agreed. And and he, he's he's going to be safe. He will be a safe bet. This next person we're going to talk about, though, uh-huh. I don't know. This, this is, is pretty much the opposite of a safe bet. Yes. Mark Ingram came in at number nine this season. I don't think anybody saw this coming. No. If you, if you did, uh, screenshots or it didn't happen. Yes. Because there's no way I'm going to believe you. Um, it's Although what's crazy... Mark Ingram might be one of the most underappreciated running backs of the last decade. For certain. Truthfully. For certain. he It's not as if he's ever wowed anybody into believing that he's a stud running back. I've never heard him mentioned in the same breath as those mm. consistent top 10 guys. No, never. However. He's quietly consistent every single season. Since 2015, he's now been a top 10 guy all but last year. Uh, I, that's outrageous. I had to triple check that, that that was, in fact, a true stat. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's done it with missing games. He's done it with Joe Flacco as his quarterback, which just seems to be an automatic downgrade somehow mm-hmm. for running backs. But now with with Lamar there mm-hmm. and that, that rushing quarterback ability, that didn't hurt him. That helped him have like a revival, mm-hmm. if you will. So, But he's old. For a running back. For a running back, he is old. Yeah, n- not for the earth, but he is old for the position in general. And yeah, I just don't do see invest? it. I just don't see it happening that he's going to be in the top 10 again this year. And maybe shame on me for, for betting against him. Is he the new Adrian Peterson where we just keep betting for that? It very well could be. But I mean, he'll, he'll probably be like mid range RB2, that like 18 to 20 range I could see. Yeah. Again, with with the Ravens offense this last year was kind of magical. Everything that happened and how it all came together. True. Is that going to continue? I, I just don't know. It's and hard to bet against it. It is. Especially if they keep that backfield as is for now. Mm-hmm. If they decide not to draft another running back. If they go into it with Ingram and Gus Edwards and Justice Hill mm-hmm. as their pass, pass catcher quote unquote out of the backfield, then 
honestly, I'm all in on a Mark Ingram top 12 again. If everything stays the right. same, I'm still in on a top 12 okay. with him for one more year. All right. Sounds good. I don't have to feel good about it. But no. <laughs> right now, I can say that. Okay. Number 10 was Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. Probably would have been higher on the list had he not got injured. That's right. Um, I know that was right towards the end of the season, but um, did affect him a little bit. He is expected to be healthy for the start of training camp. Uh, sounds like every, I was just looking up uh, yesterday kind of where his status was. Looks like everything's going good so far. He's now, ahead that, of where he needs to be. Is that coming from coach or is that coming from a reliable source? It, it was a, it was a couple different news articles okay. I read. So okay. not specifically from the team. Pete or, Carroll is known yeah. to gloss over any concerns that he might have yeah. with the so, team. So it sounds like he's expected to be healthy, which, oh. is, which is good. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Penny will not be healthy for the start of training camp toward that ACL very late. I think there's a chance that he misses almost the whole year. Rashad Penny. It, it very well could be. With how late it happened. Mm-hmm. And and just, uh, there was a bit, I guess, last, you know, where he started to come in for a couple of games mm-hmm. and he did work um, alongside Carson. But I don't see him being a real threat to Carson's workload next year. No. They don't have anybody else on the depth chart who would be, in my opinion. Travis Homer, I think, is the next guy up for them. Yeah, they got a bunch of just jags on yep. their team, which they typically do. True. Th- but and they, they make do it the work. best with them. Yeah. Yeah. So to that effect, maybe mm-hmm. Travis Homer is a guy we need to keep our eyes maybe. on. Maybe. Um, but yeah, Chris Carson, if he's fully healthy at the start of training mm-hmm. camp, then I think he repeats. So do I. But so do I. Much higher than this? Nah. Yeah, he, I don't he's, see him cracking the top five. No, I'm just not with that offense that they have, and just I don't think the he players. gets enough receiving work to make that a reliable, yeah, yeah. reliable when, thing for him. When you look at the running backs up on the list here, ninety percent of them they have the receiving work, which he had forty nine targets this last year, right around there. Forty seven. So yep. obviously didn't catch that many. It's a little on the low side. You'd like to see that up in that 60 to 70 range for receptions. And he'll just never get there. Not with that quarterback, not with that system. Right. Uh, This is the sound, by the way, of beer number two. We'll take a little break. (laughs) And now that we hit the top 10, and we're going to move on to another brew. This is very exciting, I think, for everybody involved. This is very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly us, let's be honest. It's probably not as exciting for the people listening. Although... Although, if you do follow our beer recommendations, and I hope that you do. Please do. Then this could potentially be uh, one that you should be looking at on the shelves. We're going darker. So what do we got here? We are going dark, sir. We have something called the Granola Factory Bethlehem Bar. Uh, What does that mean? It's an imperial dessert stout Hmm. made with roasted pecans, chocolate, and sea salt. It sounds like a goddamn uh, pants explosion. That's what it sounds like. We'll we'll wait and see if that is a reality. It's a pants party. It's a it's a full on pants party. Party in my pants. Oh god, that smells good. My Can nose is a little it? plugged. No, ah, I'm not shit. getting I'm not getting a lot of uh, aroma out of this. Let let me be your your smell sherpa here yes. and guide you through what this is. Everything that I read in that description, I smell. Okay, straight up, Great. I smell the pecan. I smell the chocolate. Okay, I don't smell saltiness, but I don't think salt really has a smell, to be fair. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of, like, caramel or chocolate. 
But again, my nose is plugged, so I apologize, folks. This is pitch black, by yes, the way. Very you nice, can dark. see the salt residue in there. It's actual chunks of like sea salt that's in the beer. Oh. So yeah, watch out for those little surprises. So very nice dark beer. Oh my god, that's glorious. That is a dessert. That is very sweet. That is chocolate pecan pie blended up. Mm-hmm. Mixed with alcohol and served in my glass. And I'm okay with yes. that, if I'm honest yes. here. So I like that. Once more, that was Bethlehem Bar by Granola Factory. Granola Factory. For when you need beer that tastes like granola. I should not be a spokesperson for this beer company. Not a sponsor. I'm sorry. Not a sponsor. Never will be with that endorsement. Yeah. All right. Back into our list of All running right. backs. All right. We'll hit up. Uh, the last two here in our top 12 and then go on to further discussion. Perfect. So number 11, Alvin Kamara. I think we all know what happened to his season this year. Had a lot higher expectations. Oh, yeah. Missed four games, I believe, this year, which is unfortunate. Really only missed two games. I think he should have missed more. You could tell when he came back those those next two games, he had very little workload. Mm-hmm. It was very clear that he was he was not quite ready to be back after those two games. I think it was a little bit of a, uh, a showmanship thing mm-hmm. with the team. Oh, no, he's healthy. He's good. Don't worry about it. When I felt, I think they felt the need to kind of rush him back a little bit with the whole Drew Brees situation with him being out. Mm-hmm. You know, they were missing their two two of their star players that really run that offense. So I felt right. he, feel like he kind of rushed himself back to where at least if he was on the field more as a decoy than anything else, it was helping the team. Right, right. But he had that high ankle sprain, which, which supposedly, I guess, is supposed to keep you out for four to six weeks. Yes. In general, mm-hmm. and obviously it didn't. And we saw the same thing with Saquon there at uh, 12. Mm-hmm. High ankle sprain. Didn't look like himself coming back after yep. that for a few weeks, but then right at the end of the season, you could tell got totally over it. Oh, yeah. And just Came on crushed. with a force. Yeah. So... Both of these guys, Mm -hmm. Kamara and Barkley, uh, I don't think there's a way they finish this low next year. No. Both of them should still be back up in that top five range for me. I would expect no less either. And the interesting thing about Saquon, I put a little note on here, is that he was averaging 18.8 points per game Mm -hmm. with that injury, and that was for the games played. Obviously, that doesn't include the, the couple of games he missed. But I mean, that's he was, why it's points per game. Dustin. That's right. Now I get just it. Clarify. Now I get it. That took me too long to figure out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's so when he was healthy and you plugged him in, great yes. things happened. Mm-hmm. As, and that would have been higher because again, those those first couple weeks after he came mm-hmm. back, he didn't really do all that great. Um, he had had a few dud weeks in there. So for sure, the the rookie quarterback situation. Did that impact him at all this year, do you think? It may have, only to the fact that Eli was a checkdown king mm-hmm. at the very tail end of his career there. Absolutely. So, obviously, the year before, Saquon saw just an insane number of targets and, and dump-offs, yep. where Daniel Jones, maybe not quite so much. To be, I mean, to be fair, he still did get 73 targets. Absolutely. Which Nothing is to a shake lot, a stick at. but that's nowhere nearing and factoring in missed games, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he had 121 the year prior. Right. And There's no way yeah. in the two games he missed he was going to get 50 targets. No. So, no. 
so yes, it did affect him a little bit. Hopefully, Daniel Jones realizes, and after spending some off-season time together, uh-huh. practicing, that Saquon's his best friend and by far the <laughs> best player on the field. We just we'll want you guys to hang out uh, on and off the field. We want you to have that connection. So mm-hmm. work on that. Daniel, That's right. Please. Okay. All right. So we've rounded off the top 12. So mm-hmm. those are the obvious names. And most of those guys, if not all, you expect to have uh, a high finish mm-hmm. or production next year. Right. There are some guys that either should have been sniffing this top 12 mm-hmm. list this year or could be next year. Right. Potentially. Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk about some of these guys? That... Yeah, let's do it. All right. The first one I want to talk about is Joe Mixon. Finished 17 overall this year. So just a couple um, couple stats here. He had the most evaded tackles by a running back at 103 this season. That's impressive. And he was tied for second in yards created after contact. That is especially impressive. Because obviously the offensive line wasn't doing anything for him. They no. weren't helping him get those yards. No. It really seems like he put it all on his shoulders. And the quarterback situation wasn't helping. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that Ryan Finley did not help Joe Mixon's output? That's exactly what I'm saying. All right. And he really came on at the end of the season. Or the yeah. second half of the season, I should say. The first half was just god-awful. Uh, he's definitely someone, for Dynasty at least, that I'm going to be targeting this offseason, trying to get a share or two of him. Yeah, I think he's going to have a really good season. Cincinnati, their O-line is going to improve this year because they had two first-rounders uh-huh. from, from their past two drafts that were on IR with fluke injuries. Yes. So immediately they're going to get those two guys back, which is going to improve their offensive line tremendously. Very important. Yes. I bet you they go after offensive line early again this offseason. I I think they go in free agency to try and find some O-line help as well. Very well could be. Mm -hmm. So I I, I feel like he is going to – he's going to be undervalued come this draft season, uh, especially in redraft. It's going to be undervalued. He's going to be a steal. I am guessing that I will have him easily in the top 10 finishes. Wow. Really? Yes. I I just think they're going to have a capable quarterback in theory. We we don't know what's going to happen, but uh, in theory, they're going to get Burrow. Right. Which instantly opens up downfield so they can't stack the box. Mm Mm-hmm. They've got a great young wide receiver core. So I, I feel like Joe Mixon, he's got all the talent in the world. And he can catch the ball, too, from the backfield. He definitely can. He wasn't necessarily used that way. Um, but do you think Do you think that it takes away some of his opportunities because this offense was so bad in general, especially without Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. It was so bad, though. I almost feel like he got force-fed a certain amount. But then the argument, I suppose, is the offense gets better, they stay on the field longer, they get more opportunities for mm-hmm. everybody. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that considered, I, I suppose his opportunity share stays about the same or increases. Especially in the red zone, mm-hmm. which will be big. Because mm-hmm. they were not spending much time in the red zone this no, year. No, not the Bengals. at all. I don't know if you saw, <laughs> but it was bad. Um, another guy that I'm very interested in is Philip Lindsay. Mm-hmm. He, 
I, I was out on him this year. I thought it was a fluke occurrence last year. Same. Undrafted running backs, we know don't have a very long shelf life in the NFL, uh, especially with high production. So for him to again crack the top 20 was very surprising mm-hmm. to me. And he did it without getting a lot of work, frankly. Like he was 50-50 with Royce Freeman. It's just he did a lot more with his touches his mm-hmm. than Royce Freeman did. Um, I'm worried that Royce Freeman might get more involved if they hang on to him next year, though. But she's still under a rookie contract, so there's no mm-hmm. reason not to hang on to him. True. Very true. I just I worry that he could get a little bit more of the Tariq Cohen role than what he has now. Because mm-hmm. what he had now was great. Because mm-hmm. it was... Uh, 50-50, and that's wonderful. But if Royce gets 65 and Lindsey gets 35, he can still be very efficient. Mm -hmm. But I don't You're banking on that efficiency then to get the the points. And that's scary. It is. It's real scary, especially when there are other options available for Mm -hmm. you on this list that we're still Mm going to get to that I think will have a better Mm -hmm. chance next year. Okay, next person I want to talk about is Melvin Gordon. I just don't know what to think with him. Very good chance he's not getting re-signed with the Chargers. Sure. So where does he end up? And how does that change how he's going to perform? According to Twitter, he's going to Tampa Bay along with like seven other free agent running backs. Of course. They're all going to congregate in Tampa Bay. But really, it seemed like the scheme with the Chargers was a perfect fit for for his running style mm-hmm. and 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 his production. Yeah, he's been dinged up. He's had some injuries. Nothing too serious outside that that first season. Is that the first year he had that um, hip thing? Was it a hip thing? Uh, I believe that or was his second year, but still. Yeah. Um... He's been relatively healthy mm-hmm. since then. Been dinged up a little bit, but very productive. He catches the ball in the backfield. Mm-hmm. You know he's going to go somewhere. The question is, is he going to just go where he gets paid the most money, regardless yes. <laughs> of scheme or how good the team around mm-hmm. him is? Mm-hmm. You know, Does, does he just want to get paid, or does he want to win games and possibly win a championship. I think it's holdout proof that he wants that money. Right. And he wants that paycheck. Because he was on a contending team. Mm-hmm. He could have rode that to a championship mm-hmm. if, if that was more of his concern. I mean, they did extremely well last year. Mm-hmm. Much better than they did last or this year. <clears throat> and Melvin, you sitting out, was probably the main cause of, of a lot of that. Yeah, it definitely um, didn't help his situation at all. So, yeah, he's only going into his sixth year. He has only played one full season, though, which is right. still a concerning. Uh, I don't know. It's all going to be dependent on landing spot for right. sure. But mm-hmm. I do think it's wherever he gets paid the most. But I do think that the teams that's going to pay him the most could end up being like a Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the ones that have the giant cap space. Right. So we'll see. Do you see him returning to the top 12, though? Returning to that RB1 category? Or will he be like a high-end RB2? I think RB2 is his ceiling at this point. Mm-hmm. For me, without without knowing, but I can't think of a landing spot that jumps him right back into where he mm-hmm. was. I agree. Because I don't know if anybody's going to want to lean on him in the same way that the Chargers did. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But, nor does anybody probably want to lean on James Conner 
because you know where that gets you. Yes. A lot of disappointment. Right on the sideline. <laughs> that is that is so unfortunate because there's nobody on this list that I'm rooting for more than him. Mm-hmm. Well, he's the ultimate feel-good story. His story's incredible. He is a Rudy situation mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, and, and just super cool guy. But those injury concerns, you can't ignore those. Um, it happened in 2018. And it seemed like, well, that's just a bad, you know, bad chips break. falling rough mm-hmm. for him. But it happened again. <laughs> and and this was, it's not a fluke. Um, there's got to be some durability concerns built mm-hmm. in. But if you're Pittsburgh, you don't really have a lot of options at running back. You don't have draft picks. You really don't have draft capital to to use on a running back. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I really don't think so cuz I think they might be in the market for a successor to Ben at this point, and I don't think either of their quarterbacks are that answer right now. You don't think so? I don't think Duck Caller is going to get it done. I don't think Mason Rudolph is really going to get it done for him. But they yeah, do have The other... GM said that they were happy with their their quarterback situation. Every GM is going to say that at this point <laughs> in the year. Uh, there is not a single one that would probably say otherwise. Um, and, unless you're, you know, like like Washington. Right. <laughs> Maybe then you, you might be uh, a little jittery. But I just don't think that they, they draft somebody with super high capital. They could mm-hmm. take depth for sure. But is there anybody on their team that can usurp him? Really, Benny Snell got an opportunity, and he did okay. Um, yes. Jalen Samuels does okay in what the role is that he's doing. Yes, he's got a he's got a defined role. I don't see him as the lead lead dog there. Right. But with the, do you think? Or do they, they take... just go by a committee and just have all three of those guys rotating in and maybe? I mean, with Ben there, that's going to open things up. Obviously, he's the wild card. Yes. How much smoother? That whole running game looked with Ben because he last again year. he opens up the offense. Yep. Like <laughs> defenses were not afraid of the two backup quarterbacks mm-hmm. at all, and basically forced them to throw the ball to sling it. Mm-hmm. And neither of them looked especially comfortable doing so. No. But if if I'm looking in dynasty, James Connor's a guy I'd be okay going after because his price isn't going to be that high. It's just not. Would you take him as your second running back? In a redraft format, assuming PPR, if I could get him as my second running back in round four, which I think you can this year, presuming that there's no crazy news that right, comes out right, and they course. really bolster him up as the guy, if everything stays kind of tepid, for sure. I'd be okay. totally fine with that. All right. Right on. Would you be happy having this guy, number 37, David Johnson, as your second running back? No. There's so many questions right now. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of the talk is, is he going to get released? Is he going to get traded? He's not going to get released. I'm going to tell you that right now. He can't. His his cap hit is too $16.2 million dead cap, and his cap hit is $14.1 million. So he's not going to get just straight out released. Right. I know Arizona has a good chunk of cap space, Mm -hmm. but... That's a ton of money to eat. So does he go to Tampa with all those other 19 running backs? I mean, backs? It, could, it, it could happen. You the know, Arians reunion. Right. right. And if there's a maybe as part of the trade that they eat some of that dead cap space or mm-hmm. that, you know, they pay Arizona 
a certain amount of money, kind of like the Brock Osweiler thing a few years ago right. with Houston. But, you know, with quarterbacks, it's so much easier to do that because you need that guy. Running backs, as has been proven with all these holdouts and all that, it's like you're not the guy, so it's going to be tougher for teams to want to do that. But he, he kind of was the guy. He was the RB5 before he got injured. Which is just mind-blowing. Because mm-hmm. it didn't feel like it at all. Fuck no! But, well, and last year it didn't feel like he was the RB10. Correct. But he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was with a shitty offensive yeah. play situation. I don't think anyone situation. was expecting him to finish RB5 nope. from the end of the season. But the fact that he was doing that well... Mm-hmm. With the young, mobile quarterback, mm-hmm. there is a little bit of mm-hmm. uh, a method there. There's a little bit of that math equation where with a, run, a rushing quarterback, true running backs that our workhorses have that opportunity, a la Mark Ingram, Mm -hmm. to make that work. I think he could have finished near Ingram if he had stayed healthy the whole year. Right. I truly believe that. And this injury doesn't scare me as much as it seems to be scaring the general public. Mm -hmm. In fact, I just traded for him in one of my leagues. I drafted him in this other startup in the 10th round, which just seemed disrespectful (laughs) in a way. (laughs) But I get it. Like, I understand why Mm -hmm. people are afraid. But RB5 before the injury... God, that's just so hard to to back away from that potential. So, if you're drafting redraft today, mm-hmm. where would you be comfortable drafting him? I'd be comfortable drafting him. I am assuming that he's staying in Arizona. Mm-hmm. In fact, I really think that he'll just stay there. I don't think that he gets traded. And even with Kenyon Drake there, even with Chase Edmonds there, I'd be comfortable taking him in the seventh round, and then handcuffing with Kenyon Drake Mm -hmm. because I think you can basically get them you could get Drake you'd probably have to get in the sixth Mm -hmm. but I would go sixth seventh round those two and be very happy because either one of them could end up being your RB2 Mm -hmm. and if it is a timeshare at least it would be a really effective one so I don't think it's it's a bad idea to spend that kind of draft capital obviously as the offseason progresses Hopefully we get clarity. <laughs> and the thing is, I know everyone thinks he is past his prime, which he most likely is. Could be, yeah. But he still could flash and have that upside. I know. It's and so and he catches the ball, too, which helps a ton. All right. So you want to talk about this next one here? Coming in at 42 overall was Damian Williams. No. <laughs> Uh, so I don't like it. He flashed again at the end of the season and yep. in the playoffs. Yep, it's due to injuries. I get is, is, is that is that the real deal? I know everybody is projecting Kansas City to take a running back again, kind of like with Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. They're expecting them to get a running back either through the draft or or free agency. Yep. Everyone's doing the same with uh, Kansas City here. Maybe they'll just be happy with Damian Williams, and they've got. Um, they had the rookie last year, Darwin. They had Darwin Thompson. Maybe they just take another rookie, like in the fourth, fifth round. Take a project. Yeah, as as, as depth, basically, uh-huh. and, and run with him again. What do you think? Uh, look, they're coming off the Super Bowl win. What they did works. And and if, you, if you're one of those coaches that looks at it that way, then I don't think there's any shakeup. I don't think there's any new blood that comes in. But Andy Reid does not seem to be that guy, the complacent kind of coach, mm-hmm. which goes, well, it worked, so we don't need to change anything. Right. I think he's going to change some things. If I were him, 
I would not want to rely on Damien Williams as my guy. Neither who would I. flashed in no more than five games every season, and he can do that in those five games, and that's great, but he's not durable at all. He's 28. He is older than everybody thinks he is. Mm-hmm. And it's because he spent a lot of time uh, south in Florida where he wasn't, you know, he's just soaking up sunshine, basically. He couldn't get past the uh, Kalen Balage and... I mean, I the depth mean, chart, so. my goodness. Um, so, no, I have zero confidence in Damian Williams. Mm-hmm. We talked about guys who I don't want to miss out on, like Derrick Henry. I'm very okay missing out on Damian Same. Williams. Same. I'm kind of glad that he flashed here in the postseason again because mm-hmm. it's going to drive up his draft price, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to draft him anyway. So you get better unless, value. Yeah, unless he was going to fall something ridiculous to, like, the eighth round or something. Sure. Then I would probably he take a flyer on him, but that's not going to happen. Right. He'll probably be in that. Three four turn, I would guess again. Yeah, and I will not be taking them at that point. Good for you. <laughs> I applaud you in saying that on air because yeah, there's there's I will not be tempted. I wasn't no, tempted this past year. Neither I'm was not I. About to be tempted this next year. So will I be tempted about Kareem Hunt? Probably. Yep. <laughs> I almost certainly will, especially mm-hmm. if he if he leaves Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Even if he doesn't, he's mm-hmm. got a very safe floor. It feels like. He was so consistent mm-hmm. in those last eight games. And I know he's got the off-field issues. Yes. Kind of hanging out there. We don't know if the NFL is going to come down with any sort of punishment that he'll Knowing what we know about substance abuse, it could. But he wasn't charged with anything. There's no proof that he was actually using. But the optics of it. And how they make those determinations. Right. It's anybody's guess. Exactly. Truly. Uh, we could try so and make an educated time, guess, but yeah. But I I mean, he's he could be a solid RB2. My belief still with this Kareem Hunt thing, we've talked about it a lot, but he was being auditioned in those mm-hmm. last eight games. Absolutely. Um, obviously, he was beneficial to them as a team mm-hmm. but you know they weren't going to the playoffs they didn't need to use him they could have just kind of saved him up a little bit more than they did because he got so much passing work mm-hmm. um, which is great that's what gave that really really high ceiling you're a lock for 11 12 points mm-hmm. with him in your lineup oh i started him without thinking that yeah. second half of the season after that first week where he showed off yep Every week after that, I plugged him in and didn't even think about it. He was a guaranteed flex play at least. At least, yep. Um, And so if he goes somewhere, and I do think he goes somewhere, I would obviously depend on landing spot. Mm -hmm. But say say that Seattle wants to take a shot on him. Say that Washington wants to take a shot on him, which to me actually seems like the most reasonable landing spot for him because a adrian peterson is god love him he's still going but he's like 89 years old um darius geist has those injury concerns Mm -hmm. there's nobody else there chris thompson is just on the way out um I think that that makes a lot of sense. And with the off the field issues, Washington has never been shy about taking on those kind of players. If he even goes someplace like that with a mobile quarterback, granted, not a great one, mm-hmm. but with a Turner there uh, heading the helm at coaching, I'd be okay mm-hmm. looking at Kareem Hunt as like an RB2. Yeah, I think he could be in that upper RB2 conversation, mm-hmm. landing spot dependent. Sure. If he if he stays in Cleveland, I'd still take him as a low, low end. end RB2. Yes, he'd be low end. Absolutely, yeah, you bet. All right, couple more here, and we'll call her good. Oh yeah. All right. So next one on our list here is Carryon Johnson. Came in fifty eight overall. 
obviously injured <laughs> again mean. for the second season. But prior to the injury, he had three top 24 finishes and two additional top 36 finishes. He was very consistent. He was having a quietly consistent season before he, he got injured. Yeah, he was good. Not great, but he was good. He would he would have been a solid RB2. Yep. And I don't think that you can expect too much more from him. No. In Detroit. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that I said when he was drafted by Detroit, is they have to show me that they can produce an RB4, RB1 or even close to an RB1 before I will treat any running back in that system as one. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't come to fruition. So much of that is because of the injuries, obviously. But even without the injuries, it's not as if they leaned on him so hard. And I don't think that they ever really will. It's just one mm-hmm. of those, I'm staying away for the most part from Detroit's backfield. <laughs> um, it sucks because I do think Carrion's a really great player. But he only cracked, what, 70% of the offensive snaps a couple of times last year. Every other game, it was like a 50% share, it felt like, mm-hmm. with randoms in the backfield. J.D. McKissick and Ty Johnson didn't really play until he got injured. But it was just like, why are you keeping him on the shelf? Maybe to try and keep him healthy. Maybe. Which didn't work. So what do you do with him? I, I'm kind of just out on him for the time being, mm-hmm. I think. He's not even like a buy low for me. Are you Are you wanting to buy him? Um, I suppose if the price was right, I mean, I mean, what kind of price would have to be right for him in terms of like even draft picks this year for rookie I would, picks? Let's I would say. do like a late second, mid to late second. Ugh. And I because oh, because the talent is there, yeah. he's shown that he can do it. Yes, it's the injury concern, which I think is that's the discount. That's why you can get him for mm-hmm. a second. Otherwise, had he stayed healthy and finished as an RB two. He he would be a, like a late first round draft pick. Yeah, I, if I just said that I don't want carry on, but it would also be really hard to sell him for a second round pick. Right, I have him on one of my dynasty squads, and it's like I know to try to sell him right now, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I guess he's a hold, but he's not a buy for me. I, even at a second round pick, I kind of don't want to buy him, but I don't want to sell. It's a weird limbo with him all right one last running back here we'll talk about and then we'll we'll sign off darius geis hootie hootie and the blowfish yes darius geis that's right no that's darius rucker that's oh my bad. That that's my so bad confused. i would draft hootie so much higher than i would draft darius geis next oh, year you are such a liar i am i don't even like hootie and the blowfish just because he honest. caught that one ball from dan marino and that's it that, that's what that's what you're basing this on yeah but he did it did you see how smooth those hands were that was i mean just perfect placement that was incredible hootie if you're out there listening we believe in you for the future all right obviously we we know darius geis's story injured Put on IR the last couple seasons. But super talented. Flashed when he was healthy and on the field. Is he going to stay healthy? And where are you going to draft him? Or how do you think he's going to finish? I don't know a lot about injuries. Neither of us. We're not doctors. No. But the doctors that I listen to and I I hear talk about Darius guys, it's not looking good. You don't see often a guy who gets injured the way he did with that ACL in the first year. 
mm-hmm. and then sustained uh, a similar kind of injury last year after only playing, what, like four or five games, mm-hmm. really? And he looked great in those games. But I can't justify... He was treated like 1A and 1B, him and Saquon, mm-hmm. when he came into the, the NFL. Right. There's no way, to me, he ever gets close to that again. Could I Could I want him as an RB3? Yeah, I could. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay doing that, just hoping for upside. Because, God forbid, there's so many fucking RBBCs happening. There's so many committees where, if everything stays the same, he could be the, the guy and and do really well. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to chance it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to be a truther of his right now and, and really be on the bandwagon saying, yes, he can do it, mm-hmm. just because we haven't. It's kind of like Carrion Johnson. He's got all the talent in the world. Mm-hmm. I, Darius has more talent than Carrion Johnson. I, For sure. Higher ceiling. Undisputed to me. But I just, he hasn't proven that he can stay healthy. Maybe maybe, maybe this next season he actually does, and he'll prove me wrong, I and mean, I hope he does, but yes. I'm going to have a hard time buying into him probably at the price I'm going to have to pay to get him because I feel like the truthers are still very much out there in force Agreed. and there's, there's a lot of hype and people still believe in, in his ceiling. The people that have him on their teams right now are the people that desperately want him on their teams right now. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, to go and try and trade him for him, it's going to be, it's going to be really hard. Um, also not talked about too much, but he didn't really get receiving work when he was healthy this last year mm-hmm. in those four or five games five games I guess it was only still got nine targets in those five games it's not like he was lighting the world on fire with that aspect this is of true. it um, so that's a red flag with the injuries with that offense as a whole I don't like new new I'm, coach new I'm offensive sh- scheme coming in this year I'm sure they can turn it around to to an extent mm-hmm. uh, I still don't see them as being much better than an 8-8 eight and eight team and so red zone opportunities I don't think would be there a ton Granted, Adrian Peterson still did well enough for them last year with this horrible offense. So, I don't know. If you can get him for the right price, which is almost nothing, then yes, you take a shot on him. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not out on him entirely, but I'm pretty goddamn nervous. You're tepid at best. Very tepid. All right. Well, that'll finish up our running back discussion for this week, at least. I'm sure there'll be plenty more to come here in the offseason. Oh, you betcha. So, any last words here, Jake, before we sign off? I want to say one thing out there to these listeners. You pay attention. If you are not doing a startup draft right now, what are you even doing? Get out there. Go fill your time up with a startup draft. Or even do a mock draft. Get get involved in some mock drafts. This is that time of year where the fatigue is set in for most people. Mm-hmm. But this is your edge that's right. for next year. So if you are – look, you can recuperate a little bit, and that's fine. But that recuperation period, I feel like, should be pretty much over with at this mm-hmm. point. You should be tiptoeing back into the water. That's right. That's all I want to say. All right. As always, check us out on – the apple podcast give us a rate and review please we truly do appreciate it helps people find us better spread the word spread the love of this show 
That's right. Because we love you guys. We want to spread the love. Help us spread the love. The folks, you, you could not say spread the love in a creepier way, by the way, if you tried. But the people who have rated us have all been very kind. We appreciate that. Yes, we thank appreciate you for the that. reviews that have come in. You guys have been awesome. Uh, same with the people hitting us up on Twitter, mm-hmm. which is at Drinking Fantasy yes. on the old Twitter machine. Yes, hit us up with uh, more of your drunk trades. We'd love to hear about those. We'll share them on air. If you have beer suggestions, yes. we will gladly take beer suggestions. We love beer mail. Or real trade questions mm-hmm. at this point in Absolutely. the off season, because this again mm-hmm. get that trade uh, pushed out there. See if you can get a little bit of uh, an edge on your on your That's league right. mates. That's Send right. us uh, any queries that you mm-hmm. have, and you can find me on Twitter at ffdustydog. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. <laughs>